I was sitting in a crummy movie with my hands on my chin. Oh, the violence that occurs seems like we never win. And it has been another great week in Anderson. Welcome to the Anderson Reserver Podcast, news from people you trust. A local giant has fallen this week. We are going to have a new mayor in Belton. The Pendleton Jubilee returns and other updates from that town from Mayor Frank Crenshaw. Dolly Cooper Park continues to grow and West Pelzer is ready for spring and beyond. All this and more on this edition of the Anderson Observer Podcast. There is so much going on. Uh, I'm going to have to put out multiple podcasts in the coming days to cover everything, but I mainly want to ensure we get updates from uh, the county and the county's mayors and other things that are going on. But I will get to more news in the next podcast. But for now, I want to start with some sad news. This week, you've heard by now, obviously, last Sunday, Anderson County lost a giant figure who made a difference in so many ways in our community. Al Norris uh, passed away and the tributes are still coming in. He was a longtime Anderson educator, historian, community leader, and he died uh, last Sunday and he will be missed. He spent almost entire life, except for a short period of time, in school at the Tuskegee Institute and in the Army in his home near Southwood Academy of the Arts down on the south side. And he played football and basketball under the legendary coach William Roberts at Westside. And after college, he, like I said, he devoted much of the rest of his life to education, spending decades at Tri-County Tech and on the board of Anderson County School District 5. And throughout his life, he was a mentor, an advocate for remembering history. Uh, he was a member of the Black Pioneers Group in Anderson, and he joined others in the creation of the Church Street Heritage Plaza downtown. It's a tribute to the business and the community that was there, and it features a public art installation to recreate that vibrancy of the Church Street, complete with mosaics, prose, sculpture to honor the shared history that really was important and he also hoped it would provide great inspiration for the future and when the plaza was dedicated Mr. Norris said when I was a child my father took me to Church Street to inspire me many of the business people were college graduates and had children who attended colleges all over the East Coast a prominent example of the businessman was named W.I. Peak he owned a restaurant and a funeral home and was an icon on Church Street he helped me and lots of other young men from Anderson to attend Tuskegee Institute. Well, now people are paying similar tributes to Mr. Norris, and they've been coming in all week, and I'm going to have a couple here. The first one is from Mayor Terrence Roberts, who had this to say. Man, it's a sad day. Hey. Yes, for sure. Um, how long did you know Mr. Norris? As long as I can remember. He, um... My mom and Mr. Norris were both the same age. They graduated high school together, so as long as I can remember people, I remember Al Norris. And his hand and fingerprints are on good things around here for decades. I mean, it's almost impossible to talk about all the things he was involved in. Yeah, uh, he was you know, from his work um, in the education system from Tri-County Tech to the school board to, um, I think, the 
the thing I just always find fascinating about Mr. Norris was he knew the history of, of Anderson. I mean, if you ever talked to him, he he knew if you wanted to know something about, you know, why did this happen? I mean, his knowledge went back um, a very long time in regards to uh, this history, in particular, um, black history. What What do you think you'll miss most about him? Probably he was such a... Um, a mentor to me um, coming back uh, and starting a business three decades ago and, and getting into politics almost two decades into that he always was a, a sounding board for me um, always encouraged me I mean he would for no particular reason uh, pick up the phone or send me a, a, a email and and say, you know, how proud he was of me. I can remember, I hadn't thought about this in a while, but it's right, probably in the first few years of my um, term as mayor, and he told me how nice the one, one year particularly we did something different with the Christmas lights downtown. And he said how nice the 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 lights looked, especially from Peel Hill, and you know, I, you know, and if you know where that is, um, um, up on the upper half of MacDuffie, mm-hmm. you know, but at that crest, you know, at the top of that hill, um, you can, uh, well, not MacDuffie, uh, South Main, right on the on the crest of South Main, you can actually you get a very good view of the downtown area and um, I can't remember when he told me that I had to go the next day and look at it and he was right <laughs> so well we're losing we're losing the great giants of that generation uh, what what are we going to be missing not having those guys here well I think probably you know you always lose the perspective of their time on this earth but I think you know, folks like Mr. Norris have um, hopefully mentored people like me who, um, and I get a chance to mentor people, so uh, I'm hopeful there's a continuum of, 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 of taking stock of where you live and, and why things are done and the history behind things. So, but when you, um, you know, it's, uh, they don't make them like that anymore. Um, I, I think probably the most um, <laughs> uh, public servant roles in anybody's community is being on the school board. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and for the number of years he spent on that school board, uh, is I had a friend one time that did it uh, in Greenwood for one term, and he said it's just when you start dealing with people's kids and making decisions and and, um, and, and, and discipline and zoning and for the number of years he spent on the school board and the steady hand that he had um, during the, the course of his time there, that, that um, among other things, that might be his greatest legacy. Yeah, I talked to people that talked about how courageous and, and 
just even handed he was his entire time on the school board at a time when people would get worked up. He was just sort of, you know, continuing his strategic uh, approach and trying to get things done the right yep. way. Yep. And, um, that was him. Anderson County, uh, Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns said that Mr. Norris was a true trailblazer and that his contributions to this community are so many they're hard to measure and he leaves a huge hole that will be difficult to fill. Uh, Carol Burdett, who is head of the United Way here in Anderson, of course, and was former mayor of Pendleton, said she had known Norris for decades and she had this to add. So, how Did you know Al Norris very well? I have known Al Norris for more years than I can even go back to. Uh, with his work at Tri-County Tech and his work around the county with uh, in education, Head Start, what a gentle giant he was in uh, working with so many different people. And to me, he was a guy way ahead of his time. He will be missed. I mean, nobody can replace all the things he was involved in, I guess. He will be missed in the community because he did work with so many organizations and he was so well-respected for the work uh, that he did. Uh, Anderson County School District 5 Superintendent Tom Wilson, who was hired while Norris was part of that board and search committee, said, Al Norris was a dedicated public servant and he was passionate about education. He was a leader in our school district and his wisdom and insight was respected by district staff and his fellow board members. He will be missed. Uh, the services are scheduled for Sunday tomorrow at 1 p.m. at St. Paul First Baptist Church in Anderson, and Barry will be at 3 p.m. Monday at Dolly Cooper Veterans Cemetery. And so we, we really have lost, and we're losing these giants more and more, and we, we hope we can carry on their legacy here. In other news this week, it was made official that Belton Mayor Tiffany Owenby is stepping down. Uh, in an exclusive story to Anderson Observer last week, uh, she told that uh, she had a job opportunity that's just too good to pass up and that she and her family would be moving out of Belton. They'd sold their home there. And that resignation became official this week on Tuesday, setting up the schedule for the special election for the new mayor of Belton. That special election is scheduled for June 22nd. And those who qualify and who are interested in seeking this office can file between the dates of April 23rd and May 7th. And spring is in the air. And I want to remind everyone of Anderson's premier eating establishment, Solomon's Metropolitan Grill. It's no secret that Solomon's is listed as one of the top 100 restaurants in the United States and that folks from all over Anderson and from all over the South and beyond visit Anderson just to eat at Sullivan's. Bill Nickus brought the Sullivan's to downtown more than 20 years ago when Main Street was just a ghost town and nobody wanted to move down there. So we really appreciate what he did to contribute to that renaissance. So if you're looking for a great lunch, dinner, or to celebrate a special occasion. Remember, you cannot beat Sullivan's. And if that special event is on location somewhere else, Sullivan's Catering offers the same great food with white tablecloth catering for your wedding, family, business event, corporate event, whatever else. They will match and do better than almost any of the prices you'll see with incredible service and, like I said, that white tablecloth touch. You can see their daily specials and discounts on the Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill Facebook page, and you tell them you heard about it on the Anderson Observer Podcast News from People You Trust, of whom they've been a sponsor for many years. Also, Sullivan's is now hiring, so if you know someone looking for a job that wants to join a good organization, the chance is now you can just contact them at Sullivan's, and they'll tell you more about that. I think they're hiring in all positions. And speaking of spring, spring this year brings the return of the always popular Pendleton Spring Jubilee. The pandemic shut down last year, but April 3rd and 4th will bring the return of one of the Southeast's most po popular annual festivals that's listed all over. And I caught up with Frank Crenshaw this week to not talk not only about the Jubilee, but about the other updates coming from the town of Pendleton. 
Well, uh, of course, uh, I guess first thing I would say, spring jubilee. And we're going to have it this year. So that's a good thing. You know, the uh, district commission, which is Lake Hartwell country now, when you say district commission, people would remember the old Pendleton district commission, but they changed their name to Lake Hartwell country. And, you know, they put this on uh, and we're putting it on, you know, every year. Of course, we had, uh, you know, problem with COVID this uh, last time, so we didn't have it. But this year we're going to have it. So uh, it's going to be a nice event and they're going to make sure everybody stays safe and all of that. But it'll be an outdoor event. So hopefully the weather will be nice and people will get to come out and enjoy it and get a little taste of our town and, you know, visit some of our other restaurants and things. So uh, we're looking forward to that. That's one thing, I guess. Jubilee has been a really big deal for them Oh yeah, yeah, it's been great. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a nice, fun event and uh, bring the family out. And of course, you know, this green out here is a nice place to just come out and walk around and enjoy things. And uh, it's, uh, it should be a great, great time again. Of course, the downtown, we've done a lot of things here, as you know, to try to improve the downtown. And I, I think uh, we've done a great job of it, our staff and everybody that worked on it and all the town, people that live here that had a lot of input into it. You know, it's, uh, everybody has en enjoyed what we've done here and I think it's worked out really well. We've got some new restaurants here. You know, we have the Blue Heron come in, which is a good restaurant. And we've got Rains uh, coming in next and uh, you can see the construction's uh, going on it now. So it shouldn't be a whole lot longer before we see them open up. So uh, we're looking forward to that. And then all of our other restaurants have been here a long time, Mexican restaurant and uh, the bakery and Village Baker and you know, not and not just the downtown. Of course, we've got you know stuff on 76 too, but uh, Bojangles and Little Caesars and Waffle House. You know, but uh, Pendleton is uh, growing a lot. We've got a lot of growth going on here. But uh, you know, that's uh, that's a challenge in itself. You know, we we in, we like the growth, but we also want to balance that with the quality of life people are having here. So, uh, you know, we're looking at a, a moratorium for a little bit on, on townhomes and some of the, some of the type of developments that are, are coming, coming uh, to try to come into Pendleton because, uh, you know, we want to, we want to maintain the historical character we have here, especially in the, the downtown area. And uh, we don't want to uh, lose this small town feel. You know, but uh, having said that, we, we need to balance that. And uh, we certainly, you know, do want growth, but we want quality growth. We want good things here. And uh, this area here, the downtown is uh, really special. You know, you just it hasn't don't see. changed much in our life. It hasn't changed much. You know, you and I have been, been here a long time. So uh, we, uh, we uh, like this place for a reason and uh, we don't want to change it too much. So we're being careful with that. We're trying to be real cognizant about you know what we're doing here with with the downtown and this whole area right around here but we are having a lot of growth in this area as you know and uh, we just hope we can deal with it in a very responsible way we uh, we got a lot going on out you know on highway 76 out there we have a lot of growth out that way and forget that's part of downtown Pendleton. I mean that's part of the town of Pendleton now it is part of the town of Pendleton now a lot of people don't realize that now but it is part of the town of Pendleton and we're real proud of that and um, we're we're uh, seeing a lot of growth that way and you know the infrastructure out there as far as the highway system and all is uh, built a little better to handle that than you know here right in the downtown we you know we don't have four-lane highways down here such as that so 
uh, we're, we're trying to be careful here in this part of it, but we, we are proud that we are growing because uh, there's a lot of places that aren't, and uh, it's a big advantage to us. So at the same time, we want to make sure we maintain uh, our services and we're able to provide good service to everybody. You know, everybody likes to get the garbage picked up and they like police protection and they want the toilets to flush when they pull the handle. So, you know, we want to make sure all that works and uh, keep everything clean and looking nice. So it's a challenge to keep all that going. The uh, more growth you have, the, the uh, more people you need to keep up with all of that too. So that's something else to think about. How's housing but looking? Housing's uh, looking good. Um, and um, we, we've got a good many new homes being built here. And uh, I think we're gonna start to see more options on that as far as um, price ranges, maybe some of that maybe sliding up scale a little bit, which is, which is good, I think. But we also wanna make sure we maintain affordable housing for people too here. I, I, you know, I, I, want, I want it to be where people from all income levels can, can afford to live here and uh, not just people with a lot of money, you know, nothing wrong with that, but um, we want to make sure we have enough affordable housing for people too, to, to be here. So that's another good thing. Uh, we're doing some things too. You may be familiar, well I know you're probably familiar with uh, West Blue Ridge, East Blue Ridge Street down there as we refer to it, here's the Mill Hill. Um, and that was, uh, you know, built around the old Shaney Brothers cotton mill that was down there. So that's fixing to be developed and uh, we're gonna improve the infrastructure there and the roads and um, you, that mill is gonna be developed into some really nice residential housing for people. So a really upscale, nice development there. And uh, I think that's fixing to get started and take off here pretty soon. So that's good. And we have another business too up here on the, coming into the square too in the old Nations Bank, bank building. Um, that's called Brews on the square. So they're gonna have, um, I think, a big variety of, of beers and coffee and uh, various things to offer there. So that should be a nice, nice addition to the square up here as well. But um, besides that, you know, we're also working on some more development right around the green in the square here in downtown. We're 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 fixing to we're, we're working on streetscapes for West Queen Street. So going into that area, we're gonna improve that, the walkability of it, and just the overall look of it. And as, as well, we're working on North Mechanic Street too, to improve that same thing. We wanna, we wanna extend this look out from around, around the downtown and the square to improve things in that direction. Um, so we're pretty busy here right now with what we're trying to do. And uh, we've got a lot of other things we need to do, but uh, you know, it, it's, it just takes a little time to get to all of it. I've heard some other people bragging on you and your council. Um, <laughs> what, any goals y'all got between now and summer that you didn't mention so far? Anything y'all working on? Well, I'd say between now and summer, you know, the, uh, the, the biggest thing we're trying to do is try to get back to a normal flow of things after COVID because that, you know, has obviously slowed us down a lot. And um, that's just been a challenge in itself with everybody, you know. So uh, I think between now and summer, that's, that's what we're working on. We hope uh, people will get out and get vaccinated and we can get beyond this thing here and everybody will uh, try to, you know, stay safe and be cautious and don't let their guard down and uh, let's, let's move on and get, get by this. Uh, so that's one big challenge. But 
We're going to try to expand in some of our service areas too. We've we've got a new garbage truck ordered. We're waiting on. We uh, you know we're we're trying to we hope to be able to expand our police department very soon. We're looking at maybe downtown concert series going on here. So we're trying to do those things to give people something to do outdoor outdoors that they can come do and be safe. And uh, that's that's mostly what we're trying to work on right now. Did did the uh... COVID relief funds help the town enough to keep y'all from taking too big of a hit from COVID? Yeah, so far it looks looks okay. looks pretty good. You know, we never really know um, how much is going to come in in the way of taxes, but um, we maintain a, a very strong reserve fund. Uh, we, we try to have enough money in reserve to actually operate the town for 18 months if, without anything coming in. So we're pretty conservative on that. But I think it's a good thing. We we are f very solid financially, and uh, you know another thing we're having to look toward is our, you know our waste treatment facility. Uh, with this growth comes more demands on that um, sewer capacity, and uh, we're we're working with our partners to to look at you know uh, what it's going to take maybe to upgrade that plant because uh, so, you know we've got uh, city of Clemson and. Uh, Anderson County that are partners with us there so uh, there which is a great thing that we have them to help us but um, we're we're looking at what it's going to take to upgrade that that plant and uh, make sure we have enough capacity to handle the growth too. So. You have a very experienced council here too right doing working with you? We do we have very experienced council and our councils um, you know been through the uh, municipal association um, the elected officials institute and the advanced all except for mike mike's new on there mike Seif, but he's doing a great job and i'm sure in time he's going to get there too which has been tough to do that now because you know the meetings have been virtual meetings and we hope that'll get back to normal too so we can go back because we have to keep up with the changes in the law the changes you know that are going on on uh you know from that end and and just we learn a lot going to those meetings with the municipal association because uh, we get to see what other towns do. Sometimes it's better to look and see what somebody else did than try to reinvent the wheel yourself. You know, you can learn a lot from uh, from other people's experience. So that's what we try to do with a lot of that. We get a lot of information and get to uh, talk to folks that have already done it. Uh, how soon do y'all think y'all hear from the census, and how do you think that'll affect Pendleton's growth? You know that's a good question. Uh, I don't really know what the timeline is on that. I don't you know how guess to answer how that. how many people are going to add, or I don't know. I'm, I'm sure we're going to add some. You know, uh, we've been growing pretty steadily. So, I, I, but as far as knowing what that figure is, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I would say, and it depends on from when to when, I guess. You know, if you look at that. But um, I would say, you know, maybe maybe five to seven hundred people, maybe. Just, that's just my guess. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really know for sure. That's just kind of a guess. You know, one of our goals is to um, to do something with the Pendleton Oil Mill. We we want to try to do something to clean that up, but um, it, it may still take a little time, and it's obviously going to take a good deal of money. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to be committed as a council, and the citizens are going to have to be um, behind us. I think on that decision when when we when we cross that road because it's it's going to be a, I think a pretty big undertaking but I, I think in the long run it'd probably be worth it.
Well, I guess we'll catch up in the summer and see where we are and after the uh, festival. You know how many people they expect usually at the festival every year? I've heard these numbers all the time on it, but I don't know where they come up with those numbers. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really have There's a, a lot clue. Of people out here. I, I know they're wanting to kind of keep it under control, so I, I know there aren't going to be as many vendors, I can tell you that. So I, whether there'll be as many people, I don't know. But, you know, I think people are kind of itching to get out, and, you know, that's the first part of spring. So, yeah, I think it'll be big. As far as putting an exact number on it, I don't know. But I think it'll be as big as ever probably as far as the attendance, I feel like. And uh, it, it's good to see managed growth in Pendleton and in Anderson County in general. Uh, county County Council, uh, Anderson County Council last week passed new res restrictions on high density building in the county, which is a very good thing to protect our county. Um, Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns and I talked about this move along with other news from Anderson County, economic development, uh, recreation, and other growth as we move into spring in this interview with the Anderson Observer News from People You Trust. Let's see. Um, all right, it's March. Let's just start with some economic news that's kind of come down in the last week or so. Uh, First First Quality announced another expansion. Um, how long has First Quality been in Anderson? Tell me about that expansion and what's going on there. How, how have they been here? You know, they've been here 11 years. That's how long they've been here. About 10 years that they've been here. And their total investment is approaching a billion and a half dollars. And we were promised a billion. We weren't promised a billion and a half. And not only have they added this new line, which is between a $250, $300 million investment, because the machine is larger than a football field. It is. It's just larger than a football field. And they will add 60 jobs. And they've purchased land adjacent to where they are. So we're pretty sure that their long-term plans center heavily around Anderson, South Carolina. So we're very pleased with that. And we're finishing up the final paperwork on another 200 new jobs for Anderson County. We're very close on that. So that should be coming out That's shortly. That's an existing company? Or? That's an existing company that we recruited about eight years ago and uh, they are continuing to expand and evolve, so that will be another 200 new jobs. And we have even more jobs than that on the horizon, plus we have a lot of new prospects that are looking in the county, ranging everywhere from agricultural uh, manufacturing, if that makes any sense, to uh, more manufacturing and more diversified manufacturing. And you know, when we received the TTI building, the old Ryobi building on 28, that we had plans to turn that into a business incubator and a soft landing zone. Well, that space is filled now with existing companies in Anderson and new companies who are perfecting their products before they move out into the uh, general world. So we have all of that going. So everything on the economic development side is going wonderfully well in Anderson. And it's only going to increase. There's, we haven't seen any slacking off of anything. And when you talk about First Quality and TTI and, you know, some of the bigger companies, Arthrex, that have come here, um, they have all surpassed what they promised. Yes, right? yes. They have all surpassed. Arthrex has already submitted plans or in the initial stages of submitting plans for a new facility on their site. So 
there's going to be another building up there very quickly. So that's coming. So again, they're expanding more than they told us that they would. And Tri-County Tech's been working with y'all on all these companies when you're talking about to provide the Tri-County Tech works with us on it just about every... I can't think of one that we haven't worked in partnership with Tri-County Tech. And that includes from the initial recruiting to getting them here to providing service, as I call it, service after the sale, which we're very proud about in Anderson County because when you get here, we don't forget you. We nurture you. We help you. We run interference for you. We become your advocate. And it, um, are there any other big announcements that are close or? Yep, there's some big ones that are close, but you know, holding my fingers. Tell, explain, it's just because we talk about this a lot. Explain to people why some of these have to be kept so quiet for so long, even into second and third reading sometimes they kind of. Well, sometimes we're still in competition with other sites. And A, the companies request it. A, sometimes, again, we're in competition with other sites and we don't want to say, hey, here we are. And then they say, well, what kind of deal are you getting from them? You tell me what you're getting from them and we'll double it or quadruple it or something like that. So it's not to keep anything from anybody, but if you make it, A, violate the company's wishes and B, you start putting all your business out on the street, well, somebody's going to take your business. And that happens all the time because economic development's a lot like gunfighting. And uh, every economic developer, including me, likes to put notches on their gun. And uh, if you can steal one from somebody, that's good. And remember, a whole lot of economic developers in South Carolina got their start here in Anderson County. So not only is it cross-county competition, it's also sometimes a personal competition from people you've worked with. So, And y'all have made a, a commitment to... There was a day when just bringing anything in here that would provide a job. Don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to do that anymore. And uh, those people aren't looking at us anymore because our wage rates, as I've talked earlier, have gone from $13 to $20 average. And so the uh, lesser people aren't, they not they can come in here and offer somebody $13 an hour and expect to find anybody working in a manufacturing plant when you can go across the street and make better. So... It's been a process of self-elimination, but it's also, you know, they say, well, these guys are here. These are quality people. Uh, we need to come in here with them because if they're finding employees that can work in their types of industries, we can find employees that would work in our types of industries. So with Tri-County Tech, uh, our vocational technical schools, the two we have in the county, I mean, they're doing a wonderful job. They're a feeder system for people to have good lives. And you have Anderson University, which I've touched on briefly, and their applied engineering program is also gonna be another thing that's going to allow us to attract industry because they're gonna do a, a unique situation where you actually begin doing engineering instead of doing taking biology 101, find out if that's what you wanna do. So we're very excited about that program getting up and running and have tried to make some contacts between AU and some of our existing companies. And Clemson University still is a big part of what we do because of where they are and the graduates that they put out in electrical, chemical, mechanical, uh, all the different fields that they put out. Plus, their agricultural school, because we're flirting with a very nice agricultural project right now, that has a lot to do with Clemson University. So we take all of these assets, plus Interstate 85, plus Lake Hartwell, and in many, many cases, 
Anderson County is very hard to beat. It's just very hard to beat to get everything that we have in one place, and we're between Atlanta and Charlotte, and all of this is old, old hat, but we hear it every day, and you can be in the mountains in less than an hour, and you can be at the beach if you go to Charleston straight down at the right time of the day and be there in three hours, right time of the day. Driving, driving the right way. Driving the right way. You can do it. I've done it. So God's blessed us by where we are and who we are and what we do. Well, speaking of driving, one of the things you've been working on is transportation to some of these jobs. Or, or is there any update on that? Well, there's a seminar today that we will be attending on a rural, inf rural transportation funds. So we're going to see if we can't snatch some of those monies. And we're still trying to put that together, still have some contact with Uber, Senior Solutions, and others to see if we can fully develop this and at least begin a pilot program with one industry, if not, before we can take it larger. But that's a goal. That's a dream, but I think that's the thing that fits best. Uh, you know, other, the other thing, council just passed new regulations on high-density housing. Um, explain why they thought that was an important move to make. Well, what you are getting is like in Powdersville with Councilman Jimmy Davis. He is literally slammed with developers, a lot of them from other places who have discovered Anderson County, who are coming over here and building homes as hard and as fast as they can. This was council's attempt to A, make the lots a little bit larger, going from eight to 10. And again, this is in unincorporated areas, not zoned areas, and to increase the size of setbacks and to do some things like, if you have been given approval on a subdivision, then you need to finish or at least start on that subdivision within 18 months rather than you just land banking away and waiting for the best deal to walk by. And the same thing with sewer. Uh, if we're going to be running sewer lines all, all over Anderson County, then if you get approval and you need sewer, we need you to start, you need to be hooked up on that sewer within 18 months. We just don't need a dry line sitting out there just wasting time. So those are some of the things they're doing. Plus, they're also looking at doing the conservation subdivision, which will allow creative designs for subdivisions, which I think we're very excited about because hopefully it's going to lead to more green space, and some interesting developments that we maybe haven't seen a lot of around Anderson County. But if you will look in any newspaper, if you look in the Greenville News, you look in the Post and Courier Greenville edition, Oconee Papers, everybody is slammed with growth problems. Everybody's trying to deal with it. City of Greenville is discussing a moratorium on building in downtown Greenville. Uh, town of Pendleton's looking to put impact fees and stop certain types of development. City of Clemson right now, for all practical purposes, is closed for new development because so many people are flocking here, and <clears throat> in some cases, the infrastructure can't keep up, the schools can't keep up, so <clears throat> excuse me, there's a happy balance somewhere, <clears throat> and that's what council's trying to achieve. Yeah, people forget about the infrastructure <clears throat> stuff that, that, that goes along with if somebody comes in and puts 200 units on... 12 acres or something, the, the challenges that, that you guys have to face to deal with that. Well, another thing council's done, in the past we allowed the developer to do the uh, traffic study. Now, they still have to do a traffic study, but we oversee the traffic study. Because if you go to a two, little two-lane road and you put 300 houses on there, you got traffic problems. You have uh, dangerous situations. So we're trying to put these in place. And, and we already had a very good foundation 
in these in these areas but the growth is just outstripping everything in the entire upstate of what people can deal with and like you just mentioned and i think it was mentioned the other uh, councilman chairman tommy dunn mentioned the other counties are looking at very similar things that are already these yes. will be in place everywhere just just we're maybe first on the list. yes well we are doing some things that other people are looking at and again we haven't come to the point where we've closed development like those places that I just mentioned. Because when you have new industries and you have new growth and you have young people moving here as opposed to in the past where they moved out of here, I mean like TTI, I've talked to you last time, they're still looking for engineers. They can't get enough engineers here so these people are moving here to work for cutting edge companies. They've got to have some place to live. But I think what you're going to see with some of these rule changes are some interesting new places to live and some interesting concepts, especially with that conservation subdivision. You and I are old enough to remember when home rule kicked in, yes. uh, there was a push early on for countywide zoning. Yes. That never happened, and that would no. have helped a lot with what we're looking at right now for this. Somebody had some foresight. It does, but Anderson County's zoning system works this way that a area has to come do a petition and request to be zoned. Powdersville is suffering un uncontrollable growth, but the last time, and this hasn't been that long time ago, a petition was sent around the community for people to sign up to hold that election. They didn't get enough signatures on that petition to allow a vote for zoning up or down, so. So that's why we've never seen it over the decades here. Yes. Any updates from the census at all? Are they still running? Behind? We are still hearing that we will have some information in July. We know the state will get it first because they have to draw the congressional districts. But we're looking in July. But then we get it in July. There's an election, a primary coming up next June. So that's really going to be hammering on what you're going to do. And we know that the county council lines are going to change, and we know house districts are going to change, and we know senate districts are going to change. I mean, that's just a given. What would it take to add county council members? How many? How much growth would we have? It to requires see? a referendum to do that. But I don't know whether you want twelve like green. Well, maybe nine. And possibly nine, but it require a referendum to do that because for the longest time Anderson County had five. Right. Then they went to seven, and at some point in time it will probably go to nine. Just because with the growth you were talking about, yes. it's hard to get representation when the areas are so yes. so big. Uh, speaking of growth, the distribution is now underway on that $6.1 million for renters and landlords. Yes. You all working with AIM, and I know the applications have been coming in fast and furious on their new website. Yep. Have you heard anything from Christy how it's going? I understand it's going very well. I've also... Uh, know that other people are asking them to create additional locations, which we're all for because we don't want anybody to not have a chance to take advantage of this. So it's going well, and I think the demand, I know the demand's out there. And again, people are requesting additional sites, which is great, especially if they're requesting them because that means there's a need and they see that there. And it's renters and some landlords. Land, some landlords, yes. yeah. Not yes. all landlords, I mean. No. But some it, landlords. Are renters right. and landlords, yes. All right. Uh, speaking of new website, isn't Anderson County about to launch a new website? Maybe by the end of the week. Maybe by the end of the week. They were debugging yesterday. So we're very excited about that, but they were debugging yesterday. And that kind of goes hand in glove with the announcement earlier this month when you launched the ACSC app. Yep. Uh, remind Which, people how that app is good and can help them. Well, you can do just about anything you want to with Anderson County on that app. 
find out information, adopt animals, pay bills, your taxes, things like that. Find out news in your area. Uh, we can target certain areas if we're going to have a public meeting to zero in on that area. That app will keep you really up to speed on what's going on in Anderson County. And it's interactive. If you see a pothole, take a picture, send it to us. Uh, we'll go patch that pothole. We'll get back to you and tell you when we did it. So very, very, very user-friendly and very hands-on. And if people have ideas of missing features, they're still working on it. It's still in development. It is still in development because it will be expanding. Uh, unemployment in Anderson kind of followed the statewide numbers over the last month. Um, slight increase. We're now at 5%. How fast do you think we'll see that number drop? I think you'll see it drop real quickly because that's a seasonal bump that you get on that 5% after seasonal employment in January. And then the numbers were always kind of crazy around them. But I think you'll start seeing them go back down, especially with the new jobs we have coming and the new industries moving in. I think you'll see that change rapidly for I the think, better. I think the, I saw on the workforce, we, only, we have 3,000-something people that are... A part of the workforce are out of work yep. in the county that's probably going to be 205, I'm hedging my bets on that now. I, I've always said 204. The latest official thing I saw was uh, 203,500, and I'm just believing it's going to be much higher than that. Uh, people are not reporting if it's that low, I think. We've got too many people underreporting. But, but I think you always have that problem of people yeah. underreporting, so we'll see what it comes out. Well, shifting on to Green Pond Landing and Event Center just hosted a couple of national fishing tournaments and that in the middle of upgrades and construction. What's what's the latest on the upgrades at Green Pond? Well, they're underway. The amphitheater's underway. Some road work is underway. Uh, the dock construction is about to get underway. But next Tuesday at 10 o'clock, we will have a huge announcement at Green Pond. And that will be next Tuesday at 10 o'clock at Green Pond. And it will be probably the most significant announcement you can have in freshwater fishing in the United States. But that's all that I can say at this point in time. So if I threw out a, a, I will a, not a, say a fishing, any, a fishing line here, you wouldn't bite? No, I'm not going to bite because I'm sworn to secrecy. So that's the 31st is where? Yeah, whatever next Tuesday is at 10 o'clock. Okay. Uh, that new amphitheater will be used for a lot of things rather than just fishes and weigh-in and fishing tournaments. Yeah, I'm too. hoping that we can have concerts by the lake. I'm hoping that people can go out there and have lectures. I'm hoping that families will go out there on the weekends and just hang around on the seats and have a picnic. Again, Green Pond, yes, it's known for fishing, but you can just go out there and just walk around and, and look at the lake and walk up and down those roads, which will put you in magnificent shape, or go have a picnic. It's open to everybody in Anderson County. And, you know, I mean, we've got people in Pittsburgh talking about it, who got people at Rockville Beach on the coast of South Carolina talking about it. I mean, it's getting a national reputation, but it's for the people in Anderson, so they should go out there and use it. And we're also, and we have a meeting on this at 12 o'clock, the uh, Shores of Asbury should be doing a opening here this spring. Not the full tilt project, but hopefully they'll have the floating water park in and some campsites. I mean, I got a call at my house Sunday. How do I book, book a reservation at the shores of Asbury? Ma'am, I, I can put you in touch with them, but I, I'm not the fella doing it. <laughs> and, that, and, that, okay. and we're also looking at opening up Weldon Island, opening that back up, and another one. So we're looking at 
of providing more access to the lake. And you know, one of the things I think people sometimes forget is what a jewel Saddler's Creek is. And I don't know if everybody takes advantage of Saddler's Creek like they should, because that's a pretty place, well-maintained, and, and it's, it's just a nice place to go. And the county is, like you said, looking at other closed uh, Corps of Engineers yes. places that yes. we can step in. Right. And all of these have an eye towards accessibility. Accessibility, to make it available to everybody in Anderson County and everybody else who wants to come here. And, uh, I mean, it's a huge lake. We need to take advantage of it. And when people hear ADA, they think about people in wheelchairs, but it's also for aging populations that they can go out and enjoy it as well. Absolutely. And that's one of the things Dolly Cooper Park's new dock and walking trail, disc golf, baseball field, all these other upgrades are getting close. Um, this phase should probably be ready in time for the Saluda River Rally. Um, are you going to paddle a kayak this year? Or? I don't know whether I'm going to paddle a kayak or whether I'm going to help people put kayaks in, but I'll definitely be there in some capacity. But I've paddled it many times, and it's a beautiful trip. And uh, we've got movie night coming up at Dolly Cooper Park that people are working on right now. So that's going to be nice, and we expect that. And now because you have somebody on the Saluda River who's actually doing inner, you can rent inner tubes, and they'll pick you up and do all that stuff. It's getting a whole lot more traffic. And hopefully we can encourage Greenville to start development on the other side. So really make that an asset and get people to in to enjoy that because there's nothing like a day on the river especially if you're in a kayak and you're just floating down it's mighty peaceful well a river is a very unique uh, asset it's very unique and i mean it's you know, very unique as unusual it's a unique access it's a unique access but i mean you know here's a lake but a river has twists turns you can see all kinds of stuff it's just it's nice now have you been to dolly cooper park since they've got all the upgrades right I, I went to dolly cooper park early one sunday morning for the very reason to go see what was going on and it was a Sunday morning it's been about a month ago and it was literally covered up with people on the walking trail that walks the length of the river right now which is concrete which is beautiful and people were out there just walking around uh, you know we're getting ready to open up our first baseball field at Dolly Cooper Park and so play the uh, youth recreation group in Powdersville will have a baseball field. They already have a football field. And sooner rather than later, they'll be unveiling the master plan for Dolly Cooper Park. And those new docks are nice down there for the launch. They, oh. they haven't seen it since they've upgraded the launch. It used to be like a dirt trail now. It's oh, really now it's, it's a beautiful walkway, and it looks like $9 million. And there's a strategic plan in place to do even more in the future. Why, yes. why is that important to that park to keep growing? Well, because of that huge population in that area. I mean, there's a huge demand for recreational opportunities in the Powdersville area, and we need to meet that demand. I mean, we're also doing some additional work at Hurricane Springs Park and things like that, but I mean, that demand's not going to go away. Speaking of demand, uh, East West Parkway continues to have people riding and walking and all. Any, any upgrades yeah, but, out that way? Yeah, but you know that the trail, which really is not the East West Parkway, but they have secured all the right-of-way for the uh, trail from the Civic Center to Highway 81. All the right-of-way has been... All the way been to the YMCA. All of it has been acquired. It's to the YMCA, Yes. Right? So that project really could actually start construction this year. Really? So it would go from ANMED... So people can get it clear, it would go from the ANMED track out to the East-West Parkway? No, no, no. It kind of parallels the parkway. Kind of parallels it. Don't don't get fooled. So it doesn't thinking. connect to the. Yeah, it does, but that's not the bulk of it. Okay. 
I mean, it's a new trail, and it goes oh, it's all the way. a new trail, but it starts on McConnell Springs Road down there behind the I can, next time we meet, I will get you a map so you can show people. Okay. Because if you think it's just going to go boom and hit the East-West Parkway, that's not right. Because from there, it goes behind Target and back in over to the Civic Center. To the and Civic Center. And then on the Center. other end, I think it's going to be important to people either walking to Midway Elementary School or other things, that part of the track, the trail that goes up through there. Is Look, I be... think that, I think along with the East-West Parkway, when you get that trail, people are going to be amazed how many people use that. People are, how many people walk, yeah. Um, the, uh, that answered my next question about that, that track. The, the county has also continued to expand and do uh, COVID testing and vaccinations. Uh, that seems to be going really, I heard Josh do a presentation last night. That seems to be really been successful, how many vaccinations counties have been able to give. And well, our partnership with ANMED and uh, the county and DHEC has worked wonderfully well. I think, I don't know how many Josh said, but I would say right now that 33 or 34% of the residents of Anderson County have received at least one shot. And some days we're doing, you know, four and 500 a day out of the Civic Center. So, you know, the more people who get shots, the better off we're gonna be and the sooner we can return to life as we probably will never know it that way again, but a different way. One of the interesting things is where's the flu, you know? Colds yeah, but because people are wearing masks and they're socially distancing. And, and I talked to some people about that, and, I, and, and, they, and they said, well, it's got to be, got to be masked and people washing their hands and not getting around, and not so much international travel. True. And they were saying that cold, strep throat, whooping cough, all these things are almost all non-existent this past it's year. It's crazy. Knock on wood about the flu, but... Right. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, some countries are even not letting people travel or congregate unless they have a card saying they've yep. been vaccinated. Well, Krispy Kreme Donuts was offering a free donut yesterday if you had a vaccination card. <laughs> That's a start. That's a start. That's a start. Um, are there, I know the council's working on the budget right now. Yep. Hard to believe we're in, you know, just a couple of months away from having to present a budget. Yep. What are the biggest challenges that you know about right now? Getting over COVID is one of the biggest challenges we have and meet the demands of a growing population and provide the services that Anderson County needs. And uh, those are big challenges. I mean, you know, people don't want to talk about it. One of the big challenges we have is sewer and putting sewer in the ground. And uh, I've said this 15 times, but I mean, we're beginning to see commercial activity that has been somewhere else, but not in Anderson. So I think that's a good thing. And then the other thing is, like council's done with their land use stuff, is try to preserve the best parts of Anderson County and working hard on that. But again, address roads, recreation issues. Really, it's just, it's what people tell the council is what we do. It's not we're sitting around thinking around, boy, here's a way to spend money. It's trying to respond to what's best for Anderson County. And our council members, as you well know, Greg, are pretty close to the population. We're not that big where your council person is not somebody you can pick up the phone and say, hey, I hate this. We're still the right size where you can get in touch with them any time of the day or night, and they're going to respond to you. And so we're getting constant feedback on what, what people want in Anderson County. And you mentioned sewer. Uh, Pendleton Mayor Frank Crenshaw just told me that y'all are making real progress on the cooperative efforts y'all yep. doing with Pendleton and Clemson. And uh, we're making very good progress on that, so we look forward to the joint Pendleton-Clemson Anderson County Wastewater Sewer Treatment Plant that will reduce the number of treatment uh, plants 
going into Lake Hartwell and clean up some that shouldn't even be allowed to be in operation. So we think not only is it going to give us some capacity, but it's also going to be good for the environment. Yeah, a lot of people ask about shutting down old ones. I've heard a lot of people asking that question, when are some of these going to be shut down? What's well, there's some going to be, as soon as we get that plan up and running, they're going to be shut down and they need to be shut down. How about meetings uh, on the courthouse square property? Anything else, any progress there at all? No, still uh, trying to find out something that will make make sense for generations. That's where we are right there on that. Still meeting with the same group? Still meeting with the same group, beginning to think about the possibility of doing other things. Just don't know. Just don't want to pull that trigger incorrectly. And we talked about before, would it be expensive to just plant grass there in the meantime? Or? No, but I, but it would be expensive to just plant grass because as you know, there are a lot of foundations there. True. But if you plant grass, then you probably will never put a building there. So if you plant that grass, why don't you plant that grass and turn that into a park and make it look beautiful? So that's an idea bouncing around right now. Yeah, a lot of people like that idea. I mean, yeah. you can see pros and cons yes. of that. Any idea when council meetings will return to the historic courthouse? Council meetings have returned the historic courthouse starting in April. So in April they will return? They will return. Okay. And I, this last question is just somebody was asking me, um, I know there's county flags, and of course the airport has all the national flags, mm -hmm. so we have most international investment here. Mm -hmm. There's county flags, state flags, and U.S. flags. How often are they replaced, and how does that system work? Well, that is under facilities, and we try to keep them looking crisp and new. Sometimes we fall down on that job. But we also supply county flags and other flags to every municipality in the county. So if you see a flag that you think needs to be replaced, get on that app and tell us and we'll probably replace it within six hours. And we also strive to make sure that they are properly displayed and properly honored. So, you know, we have a lot of people in Anderson County who know how to display the American flag and they are not shy about telling us when we make a mistake. And what about the, the South Carolina, the two South Carolina flags? Do you have a preference? I do. I like the one that looks just a slightly bit raggedier than the other one. The other version looks too stylized for me. And I know what those trees look like, okay? I've seen them all my life. They're not perfect like that. But that's just my preference. Anything else people need to know this month? I think that's all. Just If it would stop raining, it would certainly be a benefit to Anderson County. And on Earth Day, we're going to have a sign blitz. So if you have a sign that's illegal on Earth Day, it will be gone. Then we will take those signs to a, a place and hold them and hold them for about a week. But we're getting lots of complaints about signs everywhere and it's just time to have another sign blitz. And Earth Day's the perfect day to do it. And the next council meeting is April 6th and it'll be here, yes. right? It will be here, and it will. we will have honors and awards at 6 o'clock. Regular council meeting will be at 6.30. And don't forget, county council still has a vacant seat, and if you live in District 2 and are eligible to vote in the Democratic primary next Tuesday, uh, it, it is uh, going to be interesting. I've already interviewed all of the candidates in this race over the past week, so you can get an idea of their platforms from those interviews. But there are seven Democratic candidates in the primary, so a runoff is almost in inevitable. I don't think there's any way they can avoid a runoff. And that primary runoff will be held April 13th. 
but don't forget uh, next Tuesday is the actual uh, primary election and that the winner of the primary runoff will face the lone Republican candidate for the seat for the late Gracie Floyd. And I also interviewed him in an earlier podcast, so you can hear that interview. And in other news, Anderson County launched a redesigned website this week, and I can report it seems to run much faster and much smoother than the clunky old site. The design's a little sparse and a little stark, but I will take that over the slow, old, clunky site any day. And the new website is designed to interact easily with the ACSC Gov app that was released earlier this month to allow mobile access to reporting problems, everything from potholes to sign issues to road issues to uh, finding out when meetings are, including committee meetings like public planning commission meetings, people don't seem they know about, and zoning commission. You can pay taxes. You can do other things on this new app, ACSC Gov, and it's free from uh, Apple Store and also from the Android Google Play Store. Well, the city of Anderson this week extended the mask ordinance for another 30 days, which I think is a good idea. And here is my recap of that meeting with City Councilman Kyle Newton. Tonight, City Council met uh, again at the rec center, obviously for social distancing. Uh, this was our last meeting in March. Actually, our meeting earlier in March uh, was postponed just because there was not a lot on the agenda. Tonight is actually one of my favorite things to do. We have a proclamation for the West Side High School girls basketball team. They won the Class 4A state championship. So it's always fun when you kind of get to recognize your local schools, your local community members. So these girls obviously worked extremely hard uh, throughout the year. They beat North Myrtle Beach uh, and Aiken a couple weeks ago for the state championship. So it's always great when you're able to recognize uh, your, your local community members. Uh, after that, actually, we did a proclamation in recognition of Anderson University in their fourth annual A-Day. That's their 24-hour fundraising drive. Anderson University, I can't speak enough about AU. They're huge for the community. Uh, they support our community. They're, they're, they're really a cornerstone institution in, in the city of Anderson. After that, we jumped into the business of our meeting. The first thing we did was a second reading of an ordinance that amended the City of Anderson Business License Ordinance. Uh, essentially, it exempts um, owner-occupied commercial property from business license requirements. Essentially, that means that businesses in the city that own their property and maybe pay themselves rent for an accounting purposes. Um, so essentially that kind of exempts them from that ordinance. Uh, so it's good for our businesses. After that, we jumped into new business. The first thing we did was uh, we appointed and reappointed people to the uh, Anderson Accommodations Tax Advisory Committee. That's something that's required by state law. So these are people who essentially volunteer for the position. Uh, we definitely want to thank them for the service that they you know, give to our community. And, and they're very civic-minded individuals. So it's always great to have people like that in our community willing to serve. After that, we did something which is great that we do on occasion. We entered it into a mutual aid agreement with the city of Belton's police department. Uh, city of Anderson, we work with multiple municipalities in the in the area in mutual aid agreement. So essentially that means in a natural disaster or any kind of other special event, they can help us, we can help them, and obviously we train together. So that's great for, for both municipalities, Belton and Anderson. After that, we extended the mask ordinance for another 30 days. So we'll revisit that again uh, in two more council meetings. Uh, so now it's set to expire April 26th. Uh, so we'll revisit that again sometime soon. The last thing we did was we consented to the inclusion of about 40 acres of the old Anderson Country Club and put it into the uh, Joint County Industrial and Business Park. That's something that actually the county does, but just because it's within city limits, we consented to it. As we get more people vaccinated, it's important to still practice caution and to move past the pandemic da pandemic dangers in the months ahead. Of course, uh, the recent announcement the government that everyone after March 31st, which is next Wednesday, can be vaccinated will help a lot. And I would favor a more open public square for those who have been vaccinated and can produce proof of it. 
uh, Israel, the nation of Israel has done that. I'm not sure I see the political guts in the United States to, to try that out. But if you had a vaccination card, you could fly internationally, you could fly, you could travel, you could go to sporting events, you could go to crowded events without worry. And I would love to see somebody propose that here, but I'm not holding my breath. Well, with spring, people are also starting to talk about gardens, fishing, visiting state parks for vacation and just day trips. And the Anderson County Library System has made all three things easier. Uh, Brianna McDonald, who's always helpful, is the marketing communications manager at the library system. And she explained to me how to get free seeds to plant for your garden, how to check out fishing gear, including fishing rods and tackle boxes and all kinds of stuff, and also how to get free passes to the South Carolina State Parks all at the Anderson County Library. Okay, we've talked about a lot of the non-traditional things the library has here. One of them is this the seeds that y'all have been doing for the last couple of years. Tell me a little bit about that program and how it works. Yeah, so this is a program we have in partnership with the Anderson Soil and Water Conservation District uh, to try and get people connected to, you know, where food comes from, what it means to kind of garden in a sustainable, you know, way that's healthy for the environment in terms of fertilizers, in terms of soil runoff. Um, and it's also just a great way to engage people um, and families in something that's easy to do at home and we're more than happy to help you provide the seeds to do it, books of course, to, <laughs> to get started um, and, and see what you can grow. How does that work? You come in with your library card and you come mm -hmm. look at what seeds you've got and you just yeah, so you, um, you, you, you come in, you pick out five packets at a time, the packets have multiple seeds in them um, and uh, then you, you check them out and then that's it. We actually don't require any return of seeds just because we don't want to deal with any kind of cost contamination and you get to keep anything you grow. We're not doing, you know, turning in produce or anything like that. Um, so it's a really easy program um, and we're really fortunate with the Soil and Water Conservation District that they're on board to help us, you know, keep this a sustainable project long term. What kind of feedback have you gotten from people who've done it? Oh, <laughs> we've gotten great feedback. Um, we've had people show, show pictures of the spinach that started growing um, we've had people you know get really excited about like oh you have this type of seed you have this kind of thing um, and we've also had a lot of uh, a lot of strong interest in some of the programs we're doing next to it of course we're not doing in-person programs right now um, but we're doing take and make activities for adults for kids and people have just been snatching them up and I think everyone's really ready to get outside and start growing has anybody brought y'all any produce up here? I haven't gotten any yet. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind seeing some of the flowers, I think, but I'm, we're always happy to see um, people share on their own social media. Just tag the library in it. We'd love to see what you're growing. All right, another thing people may or may not know that the library they can check out is fishing equipment. If they want to take their kids fishing or go fishing, don't have to go buy stuff, they can come in here first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this was also... Um, helped by a, a grant from the Duke Energy Foundation. And again, kind of thinking about uh, waterways and, and you know, the, sort of like the natural beauty of water that we have in Anderson County. Um, and this was a way, uh, an accessible way for people to kind of go out there, enjoy it, um, you know, maybe teach their kids to fish um, and, and spend some time outdoors. Um, again, without a lot of heavy investment beforehand, if you've never fished before, this is an easy sort of gateway into it. Um, you will need to get a fishing license through DNR. We don't provide those. Um, but otherwise, we've got the fishing poles, a couple different sizes, and we have tackle boxes, very base, basic tackle box to get you started. And again, how does that work? Uh, so you would just need your library card. Uh, come to, we have fishing equipment at the main library, the Pendleton Library, the um, Powdersville, and I believe the Iva Libraries. Um, you can check out a fishing pole and a tackle box uh, one at a time per library card. 
Um, and uh, I, I can't remember exactly how long you have to have it checked out, but then after that, you just return it to the library. We do ask you to bring it in. It won't quite fit in their outdoor book drops, um, but uh, then you're good to go, and you can always check it out again when you're ready. And have you had a lot of people take advantage of this? We have, yeah. Um, the taco boxes especially. Um, we do have a lot of fishing poles here at the main library, but we usually keep some checked out almost year-round. So another thing people might not know that you can check out from any of our uh, library locations is South Carolina State Park Passes. These park passes will get you into any South Carolina State Park. Uh, they're made possible through the South Carolina State Library and the South Carolina State Park System. Uh, each kit comes with not only the pass, but also a pair of binoculars to kind of try and see what wildlife you can spot, and a quick and easy guide um, for books on you know hiking trails to explore in South Carolina. Um, and some great ways to, to engage with nature with kids and for adults too. And that's always a good thing. Our library system here, uh, we'll have some more news next week from that, but um, they do offer so much more than just books, which again, who could want more than books? But you can get books, ebooks, movies, all kinds of things free. And during this pandemic, they have gone, Faithline and her, her staff of librarians who are all wonderful, have gone above and beyond to make digital library cards available, downloads available for people who can't get out. And, and while they were closed, the library was still fully functioning, except for actually showing up inside the library. It's also a hub for community meetings and activities and other things. So, you know, if you're looking for something to be thankful for in our community, the Anderson County Library System we have here is one of those things to add to that list. Well, next time I will feature interviews with some of the people involved in the Anderson County Equal Justice Initiative, which seeks to memorialize victims of lynchings in the county during the post-Reconstruction South. Uh, the county, the city of Anderson, some churches and other individuals and leaders in the community are involved in this project, which will feature at least one main memorial uh, for these victims and also perhaps some other site uh, listings and places that uh, people can identify. Uh, and there'll be more on that next week, as I said, on the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. Also, next week, I'll have an update on the city of Belton, what's going on there in the wake of the waiting on a new mayor, but the Belton has not slowed down, and what's going on. Their recreation program is really growing, and we'll talk to some people about that. And also, we'll say goodbye to a real local hero who is retiring and uh, who deserves all of the accolades that she can get. We'll do this and more on next time's Anderson Reserve Podcast, News from People We Trust. But until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place. you got to have a big man's hat in a big man's world. Big man.